Thank you guys so much for listening today to our podcast. If you are a first-time listener and you want to hear the Ed Hand interview, feel free to skip to 20 minutes and 24 seconds. But if not, this is Small State Big Takes. Thank you for being here. Let's go. Welcome back to Small State of Big Takes. This is episode 217, opening take for Stephen O. Scott. What do you got? Yo, yo, yo. What the heck is going on? This is going to be the first podcast of my life that we've done in Small State Big Takes history where I'm going to try my best not to swear. Why? We have a very big guest coming on, and we're not sure if he swears or if he's cool with us swearing. So therefore, shout out to Ed Hand coming later. What's good, everybody? How you guys doing? I think this is going to be virtually impossible for me. This is going to be so hard. Consciously not swearing is harder than you think. I respectfully disagree. Really? (laughs) Gilly's really good at it. I can shut it off. I can shut it off in my brain, usually. Like I've said before, my entire family, they've like never heard me swear. Oh, I said shit in front of my brother once when we were playing pickup basketball one time because he fouled the crap out of me. (laughs) I (laughs) I like fell down. That was the only other. And I don't even know if he heard me, to be honest with you. So, yeah. That's interesting. Not in front of your siblings, too, though, Gilly? No, I mean, there is an age difference, though. So that's a little different, too. My Mm. sister's eight years older than me. My brother's six years older. So true. I do remember when I came out and said that my mom listens to the podcast. You were like, "Wait, your mom?" Like, what was your guys? So to, to Josh and Oliver, what was your first swear in front of your parents? I don't remember my first swear in front of my parents, but uh, I think we talked about this once. Actually, I think we did. You're right. Like kind of yeah. recently. Yeah. I don't remember, but like. I mean, you guys know my mom. She swears probably more than anybody I know. Yeah. She swears about everything and anything. So does mine. Her, uh, actually, her, and we'll get into the Red Sox stuff more as uh, as this podcast goes on, because that's kind of the theme of the um, the episode here today. But uh, when she, she, was, she was not thrilled with uh, the Xander news, obviously. Uh, the text I woke up to that morning was fucking Red Sox. The first word, not even nothing. That was the first word of the sentence was fucking fucking Red Sox. I hate that right now. And she also a little rants. And then she also went on and said, I hate Bloom with three exclamation points. Wish they'd get rid of him with with two exclamation points. So potty mouth, Red Sox die hard, probably more so than uh most people that I know not happy with the Xander Bogart's departure. I have to uh, quote tweet or quote, not quote tweet, but quote my mom. So I'm already going to break it. I'm going to swear on the podcast. Here we go. Okay. All right. So my mom's quoting. Doesn't this is quoting. This is quoting, but I'm also <laughs> quoting myself in this text message. Oh, crap. Oh, so, yeah. Shucks. She <laughs> whiz. So my mom's text was fucking Padres. <laughs> and she said why can't the red Sox step step up and i said because they're fucking idiots and john henry doesn't want to spend his money <laughs> uh and then she said something about judge but i i think she spelled something wrong so she's it's like me it runs in the family um he signed a 360 million dollar nine-year contract with the yankees because they value their players that's what that was a direct quote from my mother wow yeah, it's yes. my my dad is the big Red Sox fan of my my two parents, and uh, he didn't even he had nothing to say when it happened. He goes <laughs> he goes I don't give an S. <laughs> Great job, Steve. <laughs> and I said okay, and I and I continued to complain, 
I almost said the B word right there. I continue to complain all day during different parts of the day. I even told my dad, I was like, you know, Josh heard the news and he stayed up all night. And he, I did. he said, my dad said, you guys care too much. They don't care about you. Stop worrying about it. And I said, dad, <laughs> for once, could you, just, could you just indulge me? In my <laughs> and he, he still like my dad was flipping out about Mookie, but Xander, he he's given zero mental energy to. So None. do you think it's because he was expecting it, or he's just numb to it now after these past couple of years? I don't know. I think my dad like detached, like from good the for Red him. Side. Good I don't for think fucking he... good for him. I'll swear for you. Fucking good for him. Thank you. <laughs> Keep going. Keep swearing because I I want to swear more. <laughs> I, wanna... I got nothing right now. This is a challenge. I don't, right? But sometimes, like during times like this and during like super stressful playoff games and shit. Like, for example, when the Celtics are in the playoffs or the Bruins, like, I don't really care about those sports. So if they lose, it doesn't bother me, whatever. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I wish I was like that for the Red Sox. Like, I wish I just didn't care as much as I did sometimes because times like this, you know, big losses, etc., don't hurt nearly as bad if you just, like, don't let it bother you. I agree. And it sounds simple, but it's not. It's just not. <clears throat> It's hard when you care that much, you know. It is when you're when you're born and bred to care, and you really do give a crap about things. That was really hard. Uh, you know, you, you walk around every day. You're like, man, I really care. I want that team. Like, I was thinking today. This is my. This would have been my big take. I was thinking today after reading an article on the Athletic about uh, billionaire owners about Steve Cohen, and I was thinking, man, I wish the Red Sox. I think I tweet. I think I texted you guys this. I wish the Red Sox had a real billionaire owner because John Henry's a phony. He's he's a cheap billionaire. There's such things. Which but, is crazy to think yeah, about. Congratulations, you have a billion dollars, I assume, John Henry and Larry Lucchino and all you weirdos. But you don't spend it. These other guys, AJ Preller popping off. He's, he's not the owner, but the, the chairman dude owns 48% of the Padres. He has no problem opening up the, the wallet. You know what I'm saying? And you know what's crazy is I don't think most people fathom the difference between one million and one billion. And these guys have multiple billions. Right. And it like one billion dollars is a it's an unfathomable amount of money. Right. I I actually don't I'm not defending John Henry, but I kind of am in general. I don't think that he's cheap, but he's super fixated on his portfolio. It's really ridiculous. Like the whole point of Fenway Sports Group, you would think, is to give to the team that is your namesake. That's what I would think. But the Red Sox aren't his number one priority. His overall portfolio is. So the fact that he's like going after the commanders and all this other junk, he sold Liverpool. Yeah. That was rumored, yeah. But that's the point, Josh, is like, He's got billions of dollars, and all he cares about is making more billions of dollars. Dude, him well, is- yeah, but I don't think that makes him. It makes him cheap in our sense to like the fan because it's what should actually matter. It's what got him these billions of dollars. It was the reason why he bought Liverpool and flipped Liverpool. You and know, the like Penguins and the Penguins, all that. Like, so to give back to the team, it's just it's I don't know what to call it. It's like. Uh, it's inconsiderate. It's senseless. Like it because the Red Sox gave him his wealth, right. theoretically. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Yeah, That's how I look at it. He cares more about his portfolio, his portfolio than Mr. Kelly did. Backpack Kelly too. True. <laughs> do you, do, this do is you facts. Think, do you think he's scared to get burned on big time free agents because of the failures of previous ones from other uh, eras? I guess is a word for it. Like. What do you mean? You know, Pablo, Hanley, David Price didn't exactly all work out. And he's like, no guys, though, were they not? When did Henry take over like that part of it? Well, I just feel like you when there's a certain type of signing, the Larry Lucchino effect kind of comes into play. Oh, like like it's like like a a very like be popular. Yeah. Right. And maybe like, oh, we like like uh, marketable kind of like, oh, we can sell panda stuff. Oh, Hanley coming back. That would be so cool. Yeah, that's, oh, that's what I think of, at least, when I think of, like, a Lokino-type influence move. Okay, I can see that. 
But sometimes, I don't know, like you said, it's tough letting homegrown guys walk, especially especially ones like this. And now we have a question of what, what are they going to do with Xander? Who knows? Or not Xander. <laughs> Fucking Devers. You know, Mookie left after you signed David Price and Chris Sale. I guess you can use that as an excuse if you want to. Now you have Xander gone a year after you shell out money to Trevor Story. Like now, what happens? And yes, Trevor Story deal looks pretty good comparison to some of these other deals, but it's still. I really wanted Xander back for a bunch of different reasons. You you know what I want to say? I'm sick of. I'm sick of these fucking. Oh, I said it. No. <laughs> How long we make it? Uh, I think we hit the 10-minute mark. (laughs) Oh, man, I tried so hard. Oh, man, I just slipped. Well, fuck it. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck John Henry and fuck the Red Sox, man. I'm done. But my point I'm trying to make is I'm sick of these frauds. I'm sick of people like John Henry that – or and I don't know if I can call out Haim yet. It's not fully his fault, I guess, whatever. But um, I'm just sick of like being told one thing by so by like these organizations. Like, oh man, like I like all the like combined all of us. How much money have we spent on apparel? I'm looking at Josh wearing a Red Sox shirt right now. I got fucking ten hats behind me right now. I got I got thousand dollars worth of jerseys. I go to ten games a year. You guys do too. That's a lot. Like we're normal people. Yeah. Like, what? How detached are you? I'm so fucking angry. I'm I'm popping off. I don't care. F bombs are flying. I I'm I'm disgusted. <laughs> I, it's not, and you know what? It's not like I I I'm dying for Xander back. Like like Xander, like I guess that was a foregone conclusion, and he got paid. That's congratulations. But all of these opportunities prior to him leaving, the Red Sox had a million chances to sign him, and they refused. And in the end, he gets paid, and they say we couldn't afford that contract. Obviously, they couldn't, but they could have afforded a seven year. 160 or whatever he wanted last spring. You know, they could have they could have ponied up and they refused to repeatedly. And it's a it's a trend that dates back to Lester. It dates back to not extending Mookie, who would have been an affordable contract even at 300 and whatever, I guess, at this point. Yeah. The way the market is now. You know, if fucking I don't know, if Trey Turner's getting 300 million, you couldn't give 300 million to fucking Mookie two years ago. This team is disgusting. I hate the fucking Red Sox as much as I love them. It is an equal <laughs> amount of hate and love. I feel like the yin and yang. I am the center. I am the two balls of the yin and yang circle. Thank you. That was great. Thank you. I had to get that off my chest before Ed got here too. I don't want to scare him off. And on while you're talking about the market thing, real quick, we'll pivot to just free agency in general and then focus back in on Red Sox. The fucking Brandon Nimmo deal. Yeah, that is the like, Steve, you're you like lost your mind with the Corey Seager shit. Like I expected big money for a young, big shortstop. Brandon Nimmo getting that type of money in that year literally blew my goddamn mind. And now there's I don't know if it's, you know, fan theory or actual reports or whatever of Ben Intendi hitting 100 million. Yeah, no. What? That's fan that's theory. No way. Can't it's got to be. Gotta be fan theory. I'm still y- Yoshida in uh, Senga. Like that is blowing my mind. I would have paid Senga before Yoshida. Absolutely. I don't know that much about either mm-hmm. of them, but they they were both needs that the Red Sox had. I'm just happy they got one of them. To be honest with you, Yoshida. I am from- happy. I am excited to have like. I'm I'm excited to have a new face here. I know we haven't seen anything like about them but I, i'm excited uh that they got one of them because they needed one of them in my opinion just to and that's what that was the worst part of that fucking day dude was they signed kenley jansen i'm like all right is he elite maybe not but he's still like you have a closer for the first time since craig kimbrell then what happens you go out make a splash get get an outfielder that you desperately need in the yoshi and then all we hear after that is rumblings oh Xander talks are intensifying. Red Sox seemed like they, they liked where they're at, blah, blah, blah. I, Josh, you were up for it. I woke up to a billion messages and whatnot, like of 
Yankee fans making fun of me and my Twitter notifications out of control and whatnot. I'm like, what the fuck happened overnight? How did that happen so fast? Everything was going so good, and I felt confident. You can't trust those reports anymore because even the the high interviews where he was just like, yeah, a day or two before they had a feeling. Yep. Which is to us, that's like, wait, what? Because all the reports were going in that direction of like fucking John Heyman with Arson Judge and all that shit too. What a what a debacle. (laughs) Honestly, though, am I the only one here? Listen, this is a huge take, like massive. Uh, Am I the only one that would have signed Xander for that money? No, I would not have. I would I, look. It would not I, have been I, ideal, but Josh, if they came out and said, "This is what we signed Xander to," I'd be like, "Honestly, okay. I don't care." Uh, honestly, it's twenty-seven ish AAV. Like, yeah, that sucks at the back end, but honestly, that's what he would have went for anyway. I just don't care. I'd, I'll take the veteran leadership at the end of his career. Maybe he retires early. Who knows? You know, you're taking a flyer on what two years in the back end. I, like, mean, I, I don't know. I I, I would have at least offered two two fifty. You would have been. It. I would have been shocked and mind blown if they went up that high. But I I and people would have been outraged here. I think for the most part, like Red Sox Twitter would have been furious signing an eleven deal, eleven year deal for him. But honestly. I wouldn't have really cared. Like I would have been willing to eat the last three years or whatever it is of Xander limping his way to the finish line, whatever it's going to be just because like they fucked up so bad in the past 10 years, I'd say with, you know, Lester and Mookie come to mind with the homegrown guys. I just wanted, I just wanted someone else to be like Red Sox for life. I'm, I'm afraid that Pedroia is the last one we're going to see of that. Yeah. It's just wild to me. And I, that he is going to be a Padre longer than he's a Red Sox. His Red Sox tenure. That is Mookie unreal. Will be Mookie's Dodger longer than the Red yeah, Sox. Yeah, and like Harper yeah. with the Phillies. It goes yep. beyond just the Red Sox, exactly. but I agree. It's... We grew up in, like, even looking back at the NBA, dude, Kobe and AI and, like, I know Melo went to, like, the Knicks and now is, like, a, a th- not a thing, but he was with Denver for a long time, you know? Like, even LeBron and the Cavs, Cavs, he still went back. There's like, there's just no sense of loyalty anymore in sports. And that, I think, is what hurts people our age because we're so used to seeing franchise guys. I'll be honest, though. If they paid Xander that kind of money shortly after, and again, market's a little bit different, after not paying Mookie that, I would have been mad because I would have, that's, yeah. that's my take on it in terms of the financial aspect where I'd be like, wait, what? You're going to pay Xander, which is basically that would be them uh, admitting that they screwed up, right? Uh, yeah. So that's, I think that's partially why we didn't see that happen. But um, that, I I don't know. I, I just can't pay Xander that much money. I'm just more mad that now we aren't locking in Xander and Rafi because that was the whole point. You don't get Mookie. Okay, let's, let's keep Xander and Endeavors. Let's make this happen. Now, and I say it like, yeah, it's a lot of money. It is a lot of money, and it's a lot of years for a guy. But if they just came in, I they their offer was like 160 million, right? Something like that. See, uh, that's the other uh, thing. Though. There's not, there's, it's unclear of like what the truth is there, right? True. Things that are like that's not that wasn't close to what it actually was. So it sucks, right? And that's just it, it does suck because you know what? I would have taken Xander at 11 and 220. And I would hope that if that was offered, Xander would have taken it. That's the back end of the story, right? That we just don't know. And if that that were to come out, I'd say shame on Xander, honestly, because the Red Sox did try, you know. But yeah, 280 is super steep. I mean, but the Padres were also getting looked at for like contract manipulation with Judge too. 14 years trying to space out that money. So it's like it was always going to be skewed uh for whoever they signed take xander out of the equation it's also the padres third option because they wanted judge missed they wanted trey turner missed like had bigger offers to both of those guys didn't get them and obviously they're like all right well let's go after this guy which gilly you're probably on the same size near if you're shelling out 11 years to a shortstop this winter xander's probably the realistically the last guy to do that with i can't like correa is out there what's a year and a half, two years younger. 
and he's he's still just sitting there with no deal. That is blowing my mind right now. I just don't want him. Um. <laughs> by the way, let's uh, we're getting into it anyway, but we are at the the seven thirty mark. So are we good okay. to? Either start a new one or do yes. you want to let this yeah, start a new one? I say we start a new one. We'll end right around kickoff. Cool. Sounds good. All right, real quick, mid podcast shout out: G Baby, Jake Ruth, James Murph, Lance Legier, Alex Fava. This is going to be the best interview ever. Brace yourself. Okay, we are accompanied by our first guest in a long time. It's been long overdue. Been listening to us four idiots for long enough. So we're bringing on Ed Hand of SoxProspects.com. Is that uh, a su- sufficient introduction? Yeah, I think that's good. I'm uh, the social media guy there. So if you follow the Sox Prospects Twitter account, you've probably heard me at some point. We love your content. We always, we're always seeing it. We're always retweeting it. And uh, especially yours, too, your personal account. It's very, very... Uh... Fun to watch, but lately not so much as because the Red Sox are not very fun to be a fan of right now. Would you agree, Ed? I would definitely agree that from a fan's perspective, it sucks right now. Nothing sucks worse than losing a franchise player. You know what sucks worse than losing a franchise player? Losing two franchise players and having a third one that you could potentially lose a year down the road. So I, uh, I'm very happy to have stuff that's not Red Sox related to focus on right now. <laughs> what are you focusing on to ease your pain? Um, well, I'm on a different podcast called uh, Baseball Isn't Boring with Rob Bradford. So I do a lot of uh, free agency stuff in general. I have a tracker that I've made that has about 300 players on it. So it's kind of fun for me just getting to go down the list every day and see uh, see who's going where and whether or not I predicted it right. <laughs> I like the uh the, the games that you do too in terms of like, oh, do you want Chris Bassett or Carlos Rodon at this point? I like I like that kind of as a and or type situation as you kind of evaluate um free agents throughout the process. So that's a good listen for anyone uh looking for some uh some extra baseball content too. Baseball isn't boring. Yeah, yeah, appreciate it. With you. <laughs> Can't cut firm. Baseball is not boring. I'm going to have to get that. I'm going to send this to Rob and have him just like at the beginning of it, just have that at the beginning of each episode or something. Because that's a good, it's a good tagline. (laughs) It's true. There was a uh, double episode drop today, right? With, uh, there's one with Heim Bloom said a lot of interesting things, I think. Uh, Most importantly, we touched on it earlier before you arrived, but he kind of knew that Xander was gone way before we did you know that whole day the red sox signed kenley jansen oh they're firing up the bullpen that's great they go out and you make a free agent splash out of korea like oh that's also great japan sorry um (laughs) (laughs) my bad um and then all of a sudden and then we're hearing oh progress is being made with xander oh our confidence is up as red sox fans boom bombshell Padres don't get their number one or number two option. They get their number three option by we're paying for Xander. Like, what was your reaction? Were you surprised by that? Because it's kind of sounded like Heim Bloom like saw the writing on the wall and knew it was coming. So can I ask you guys a question? How many of you slept that night? Um, because I have my my story with that is that I it was like eleven thirty. I'm feeling pretty good about this. They signed Jansen, they signed uh Yoshida. I'm uh Getting into bed and like, you know, you're hearing all the talks about Xander that talks are intensifying and all that stuff. Um, So I'm going to bed feeling pretty good for whatever reason, just can't sleep. So I do what I always do. I get my phone out and I check MLB trade rumors and Xander Bogarts to the Padres. (laughs) So I ended up getting to bed around uh, four in the morning that night. And it, it, you know, it's. It's funny because I'm not somebody that gets terribly phased by free agency movement. I grew up um, uh, in the, like, the late 90s, early 2000s, um, when Nomar got traded, absolutely broke my heart. Never really – I honestly don't think I've gotten over that at all. Like, I didn't really yeah. feel anything when Lester left. I didn't really feel anything when uh, oh. Mookie left a few years ago. So it wasn't like an emotional reaction to it, but it was just like, oh, wow, what the heck is go- are they going to do now? Um, and then that came out with him sounding like he wasn't terribly surprised, which obviously was contradictory to, I think, what everybody thought and what Everything. they had said. 
Yeah, yeah. because they had said, why would you say that somebody is your number one priority? And then you, but you never really felt like you were in on them. It's just very, that's very confusing to me. And I think it's very confusing to a lot of people. And I think that, no, I'm, I'm not somebody that's like extremely anti-Bloom. I actually, I think generally speaking, I lean towards liking him. Um, the messaging with this has been so bad. Yeah. It's just been like, you can like the guy or dislike the guy. I think that we can all agree that they need some kind of a PR makeover because it's just been, it's been so tone deaf. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I mean, because I think every fan, even if you boil it down to the casual fan is consciously like taking themselves right now, you know, like, I mean, I think we're all pretty hyper baseball fans here. I mean, I think I'm the only one in the whole group that really probably would have signed Xander. I said it in the first half of the episode that I would have signed Xander for 200, 220, even at that 11 year mark, because honestly the veteran leadership at the back end would have sufficed, I think. But in general, yeah, a lot of the casual baseball fans are mortified right now because it is a superstar. It is uh, a point where we're going into another offseason where Devers is now another question mark and there is nobody on this Red Sox team. They're, like, there's two two guys. Like, it's Devers and then Verdugo, right? For tenured guys on the roster. Like, some people... Sto- yeah, story, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and story, too. But, uh, well, yeah, it's just like, uh, it's crazy. It's crazy to me that you can't even really name anybody right now if you're a casual fan, you know? And that's scary. And that should be scary for somebody like John Henry for the person that wants to buy two or three tickets a year, you know? Uh, it's not going to put uh, butts in the seats. You know, I just, yeah, I don't see it. Do you think something bigger is coming though, Ed, in terms of, and we are, we're actually, we, it works out when we have debates on this podcast. So the four man pod, we're usually split <laughs> in half very organically too. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. We had some Pedroia debates years ago that kind of at the, the very start of this, we were just kind of talking um, recently too about Correa as a possible uh, option. And again, how feasible is that? Probably not likely, right? If you're not willing to shell out the kind of money it would take. But that being said, what are your thoughts on what Correa's market might be? And if he's, if, if this is some grand plan where, all right, we didn't get what we wanted. We're going to go out and get Correa or even Dansby Swanson as kind of a, a lighter version of of that uh, shortstop that can anchor the franchise. I think Corey is the most likely of the two there, just because Swanson's a he has the qualifier offer and B, he's just not as good. And that's not a knock on Dan's B. Swanson. Um, there's this great uh, Honus Wagner quote. There's not much to be in a ball player if you're a ball player. And that sums up Dan's B. Swanson to me <laughs> very well. But Carlos Correa, just as a pure, pure talent level, he's better in every category other than maybe staying healthy. Um, Correa is special and he's very young. But like, as you were saying, if you're not going to throw out all that money on Bogarts, who's been your cornerstone for a while now, I don't know why you'd pivot to Coria there. Now he does, I guess he does have that relationship with Cora from when he was with Houston and right. he doesn't have a qualifier offer attached to him, which is nice, but you know, neither did Bogarts. Um, I don't see it as light as particularly likely, but boy, would he fit well with what they're trying to do? Like it really would be a per- So I, I can understand the urge to say, well, why not do it? It just doesn't seem to be consistent with the the style that they're going for right now. And a core, he fits timeline wise with uh with Devers. Not that you're you're not letting Xander go because he's a couple years older than Devers, right? But at the no, same time, no. if that's you've got the the left side of the infield locked in and obviously stories signed for a couple more years before his opt out, I believe. Um, yeah. But no. Okay. No, just curious. And again, oh, yeah. pragmatic a little bit here, but at the same time, uh, we're, God, we're be, divided be, perfectly in half here in terms of being pro <laughs> Correa versus anti anything yeah. to do with him. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd say I'm pro Correa. I'd say I'm pro of the two. I just don't think it's happening. Gotcha. I was gonna say, I feel like uh, if you had to give a prediction then of where he's going to land, I feel like I, I think I've heard you predict where Dansby Swanson is going to land. So I don't want to I don't want to yeah. spoil that either. But what are your what are your big remaining free agent predictions, if you don't mind uh, <laughs> giving us a little? Um, take? Well, it's funny because I said I, I did 
I did was doing okay for a bit. I got it right with Verlander. I said he was going to be the first one at winter meetings and it would be the Mets. So I nailed that. And then I said uh, Trey Turner to the Phillies and I nailed that. So I started getting cocky and I was like, well, Xander's going <laughs> back to the Red Sox. And then that promptly didn't happen. So I'm a little bit back on a streak now. I got right about Vasquez going to uh, the Twins. That just happened. But that's a snipe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's no, I thought problem. it was a good good signing for them, honestly. Made a lot of sense. There three years, many... I think I saw, right? Is yeah, it really? three years, 30 million. Wow. I didn't process. I, I, I knew that was the news, but think about this for a second. He and Gary Sanchez just... Uh, <laughs> for teammates? Yellow backstops, just teammates, <laughs> battery mates. <laughs> That's a shock. Staff. That's crazy. Oh. <laughs> kind of the antithesis of each other as far yeah. as uh, playing <laughs> styles go. I guess... <laughs> Opposites attract in the city of brotherly love, or no? Is that that's not that's not Minnesota? That's Philly. That's not uh, that's uh, Philly. What's it between cities? Sorry, I, I'm mixing my metaphors here. I know what you're saying, trying to say. Uh, yeah. So who uh, who else is available now? I I can't. Like, who who's uh, the big free agents? Like, I mean, still uh, Drury. Yeah. yeah, Drury. That's yeah, why. Drury, I want. I mean, if you I consider Drury a big free agent, I'm not so sure on him just because he kind of had flamed out for a while. Did have a very yeah. good year between Cincinnati and the Padres. But I feel like for what the Red Sox need right now, it, you can't really take a lot of chances. I was a really big um, – I was a big proponent of Chris Bassett. I thought that he would be perfect for their rotation. I think that he signed with the Blue Jays today, and I think the qualifying offer scared the team around. But you just need steady players right now to go with all the question marks. Um, yeah. I know a lot of people talk about Carlos Rodon, who's the strongest non-shortstop free agent right now. And my concern for him, now he had a terrific 2022. One of the best pitchers in baseball last year. Um, and if you're going by pure stuff, on um, this year's free agency class, it was basically him and, De and DeGrom. Yeah. But there's that injury history. And there's the fact that he's 30 years old and he just threw the most innings in his entire career and it's only 168. So if I'm the Red Sox... And I already have two injury-prone lefties in my rotation with Sale and Paxton. And a rookie like Bayo, a guy who's gone back and forth from the rotation to the pen a bit. And with, like, you don't know what you're getting from anybody except for Nick Pavetta. So I would be more interested in them going after somebody that's just a little more proven as far as their ability to pitch 30 games a season or however many a full season of starts is these days. Unfortunately, those options are dwindling now, though. That's that's yeah. where it's in Bassett. Very much. It wasn't a crazy deal, right? Wasn't it like three years, sixty something million? So twenty. Yeah. That's yeah, he got less than I thought he was going to. Same with Senga, actually, who signed with the Mets last night. He, I think, only got seventy five million five years or something like that. We, I think, we touched on that before. We were, yeah, I, it, right? in terms of like how how do the Red Sox not, I don't know, at least be competitive or be competitive. They, yeah. Well, let me, let me ask you guys a question because I'm this is something that I'm pretty active on Twitter. So I hear a lot of people. There's the, people are angry. People are really angry. And I just kind of want to know what your guys' genuine thoughts on this are um, because I'm curious about it. What do you think the plan actually is for the Red Sox right now? No, no idea. Clue. I have, I don't think yeah. they know. So you think, think that they're just you, you think that they're just you think that they have all of these guys, you know, making however much money, all these highly educated, super highly educated guys, and they're just flying by the seat of pants. I'm not saying that to dismiss you, because I do think that that is a real possibility. I have a, <laughs> but, I have a sneaky yeah. conspiracy. I think they have plans that keep backfiring. And now they're so far down the list of things that they want to do. They're kind of just like, well, I guess we can go do this and see if it works. <laughs> Yeah. I, I don't know. I think they're Steve. smarter than they are. Yeah, I think that they think that they're like big, like just seeing the board clearly, and like we're gonna do that, and then that, and then that. We're gonna keep Xander yeah. for this much, and then we're gonna extend Devers for this much, and then they get thrown off kilter, and they can't react like a Dombrowski in the way of like, all right, we're gonna overpay because we want this guy no matter what. And again, not saying that Xander is the move in that sense, but like you kind of need that like quick finger on the trigger of like. This is a little irrational, but we need to do it because you're not going to yeah. sign anybody if you're rational the whole time. Yeah, I, like, your, uh... I think that that's a good a good point. Sorry, I need to cut you off. I was oh, wondering. No. Uh, yeah, well, we I think we all cut Steve off. I wanted to hear what his okay. theory was. 
I, I have a conspiracy now that, that I drummed up today because I'm at a loss for words about the Red Sox. And in the beginning of this podcast, I really popped off badly. And and I don't want to rehash what I said, but it was some harsh words and I stand by them. But um, <laughs> as a person that really cares and uh, and I, I, hope, I hope the higher ups hear me out. I don't know who would, would ever hear me, but as the working man, plumber, you know what? I, I feel like I, I feel like I, I represent the, like a lot of this fan base, like as a normal fucking guy. And I'm I'm still I'm so mad, man. So I think at this point, I think that the Red Sox, I think in the post Xander world where John Henry now has $9 million, whatever, from from selling Liverpool or whatever, all this money that we hear he has. I My conspiracy now is that they're going to completely tank this offseason. They're going to just – they're going to suck. They're not going to sign anybody. We're not going to get shit. We're going we're gonna to roll out there with Kevin Newman off the Pirates as our shortstop. It's going to be a loser. <laughs> it's going to be a loser Nick Green-ass year. It's going to suck. Next year, next offseason, we're coming for Otani. And maybe even Soto. We're going to be the fucking top spenders. That's my conspiracy right now. I cannot tell you how happy I would be to see Juan Soto playing in Fenway 81 games oh, a year. Man. That would that would be Ted Williams. That would literally yeah. just be Ted Williams 2.0. Don't get um, my hopes but, up. But without, like, the, the years of the fighter pilot. Like, you would have Ted Williams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I do want to say to that also, just, like, it's okay to have an emotional reaction to this. Like, listen, like, and I I think about it with uh, Nomar a lot when he got traded. I've never been as angry as I think I was in that moment when, when I found that out. Um, I remember I had an angel fire site at the time. I wrote this really cringy rant about how Theo Epstein had personally ruined my life. Um <laughs> And I just cried a lot. I yeah. was really upset yeah. about it because you, you know, we get you know, there. There is an attachment to this when it is really important to you, and yeah. you're seeing these guys six months out of the year, and when it's not those six months, you're still following what they're doing. You know, they're a part of your life, and I think that as easy as it is to say that it's just a game, it's more than there's that. a lot of we have a lot of connections to people with this. My my interest in baseball came when i was like six and you know it was through like my uh my, it's my whole bond with my dad and it's been like that for my entire life so you know to say like oh it's just a game it's like well that's you know that's the reason i understand my dad that's like what i was able to grow up around and that's kind of how i became who i am today is through this so it's it's very easy to dismiss that and i think that it's you know it's just like be don't don't just like scream at people randomly on Twitter that you don't know. I would say. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. We have, we have to, you know, it's it's. it's I, I've been taking a little t- Twitter hiatus personally, and uh, I think I did it at the right time because uh, it's. This is a very emotional time in in the t- baseball sphere, but I, I, it, I just can't. Like I don't know. I want to tell you something, Ed. I want to. I want to. I want to clue you in on how important baseball is to me and and our friends here. This is something that happened in 2012. I got my first debit card, and I lost it. So I needed to get another oh, no. one. <laughs> I needed to get another one. And at the time, Bank of America had this option where you could get your favorite baseball team as on the like on the the card itself. And <laughs> I considered, but didn't do it. I got a Red Sox one. But I almost got a Baltimore Orioles one. And I told Gilly and my other friend Connor. And I was so ashamed that when, when, I, when I told that story, that when Gilly told it, so I repeated it. I'm like, how could you repeat that story? <laughs> well, wait, wait, why did you almost get an Orioles one? I just picked the most random team that you fed that, up. <laughs> yeah, I was so mad. At it was 2012. That, not exactly the it, best year to be. No. It was Bobby Valentine year. If oh, you know anything God, about no. Steve, he loves the mystery. He'll buy the mystery cap just for the respect of the sport and how much we love baseball. It's yeah. like, oh, yeah, look at this Rockies cap. I just got a mystery 47. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, so that's just like how we roll. Look at him. He's, he's got all of his hats in the back yeah, and everything. Yeah, I got problems, bro. Yeah. It's not a state one. <laughs> uh, that's true. That UConn one, random, never worn it. Uh, this is 
You, you got you got to meet Brad Chandler from uh, Pesky Report. One of my co-hosts there. He's got the same. He he just loves he loves the hats. He's got a million of them. <laughs> yeah, we got yeah. Uh, I got a lot of hats. We, we all have a lot of hats. We all. I, I know Josh Oliver Gilly. We we are obsessed. And, and uh, there's plenty of stories we could like. One more I want to tell you real quick. Ready? Yeah. I'm about to take over on this pod, but I want to tell Ed. <laughs> Jim Tomei. <laughs> oh ruined no. my life. <laughs> ruined Jim my Tomei life. ruined your life. You, how Jim did change how did Jim Tomei ruin? How what did he do? Gilly, tell the story. What? <laughs> yeah, I wasn't there. You were like, <laughs> you were like with your, you like with your uncle. <laughs> Moral of the story is actually this was hilarious because wasn't it a tweet I found the other day or something? It was like who's the most a uh, well, yeah. like well-renowned, like, lovable yeah. player of all time, all or something seen. like that. It was like Jim Tomey and someone else. I mean, it's it's kind of like an inside joke because Jim Tomey refused to sign an autograph for Steve when he was like six years old, and it taunted and him. Laughed ever since, at him, right? With Kenny and, la- at him. and laughed at him with Kenny Lofton. That's right. Listen, Why did they? What? So what you're saying is Jim Jim Tobey and Kenny Lofton are dicks is what it sounds like. (laughs) Can you do me a favor, Ed? Ed, I know you're a baseball dude. If you ever, like, come into contact with with Jim Tomey in any any way, just know, just please relay that there is a a man, 29 years old, grown man, that has a... I I would bury the hatchet. Like, I, I need to get over this. Like, I think it's holding me back in life. Like, since I was in kindergarten, I, I love this man. I went to a Red Sox game. I'll just make a quick one. Uh, I went to a Red Sox game. I was a huge Jim Tomei, Cleveland Indians fan. I um, I even had Jim Tomei socks, like engraved socks. They, were, they weren't his socks, but they were like number 25, <laughs> Jim Tomei inscripted. My dad brings me to the game early. He knows how it's a Red Sox-Indians game. We get up to the to the front. You know, he's right there. He's signing autographs for all the kids. And I'm a kid. I'm a real, like, like I'm like, six i think i'm like jim oh my god please have my my whatever ball and uh he wouldn't obviously he was looking around at everybody else and he walks away and i'm like jim please please and he turns around and looks at me and burst out laughing and i start crying and then him and kenny lofton both point their fingers and burst out laughing at me and walk in the dugout and i'll as i sit my dad goes fuck you jim and i was like dad thank you <laughs> <laughs> I was completely it changed my life man i still think about it and anybody that says jim tomei is a good dude does not know my story it is the truth jim tomei come to small state big takes i have a bone to pick you fucker i'm, I'm almost angrier at kenny lofton because that's kind of that's even more like chicken and shit like you know at least with like tomei, he's controlling the what the fuck does lofton have to do with this he's gonna start hanging out there I guess I'm just gonna laugh at this little four-year-old. Go fuck him, right? <laughs> I know. And then Kenny Lofton like lasted forever. He was bouncing around freaking on oh, the yeah. Yankees and Dodgers and this and that. I'm like, fuck that guy. And everyone's like, oh, Kenny Lofton. Everybody loves him. No, they don't. No, they don't. <laughs> Kenny Lofton is mean to children. He is. That's, yeah. that's my takeaway here. Go. That's that's insane. That's it's really it's, like that's. It's a wild that... story, and it's. So yeah, I've been saying the story for 23 years, man. I was going through elementary school telling the story, sticking to it, man. Uh, one day I'm gonna meet Jim Tomei. I'm gonna tell. Uh, he got inducted into the Hall of Fame, and my uncle, who was from Cleveland, that's the reason I was into the the Indians at the time. He brought me to the Hall of Fame like the day before, or not the day before, the week before, whatever it was, and uh, hoping that there'd be a chance run in. But of course, it was only a week before. But got some middle finger pictures in front of his jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I was actually, I think I was at Cooperstown the same year. Was uh, Vladdy getting in that year? Vladdy and Chipper Jones, I think, were. Yep, in Piazza. Yeah, I think that was, was that 2018? I th- yeah, I think it Something was. Something like that. I forget if it was, because that might, I forget which year it was, but I was there. That sounds, it sounds familiar to me. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was definitely Vlad, and he was at an Angels, I got an Angels Vlad shirt. Uh, and then, yeah, Tome, Piazza, Chipper. And... It was a loaded class. Yeah, that's yeah, a great, great class. Great class. Great class. Yeah, and so the year that was yeah. Jeter, right? I don't think that was Jeter that year. I think I feel like Jeter got hit on his own, but I might I might I think be he did misremembering too. that. Yeah. Which is, but, you know, yeah. that's actually um that's actually just bringing this back a little bit to Xander, because I just think I'm curious what you guys think of this. Um 
the closest comparison I can think of for Bogarts and his career trajectory so far has been Derek Jeter. And yeah. I know that that's a weird thing to say because Red Sox Yankees, but they're kind of similar players. Neither of them have ever been the best shortstop at the at, in the league at any given time, but they've always been really good and they've always been steady and their defense has always been kind of mediocre. Mm-hmm. So that's that's and they've always won, you know. Like that's sort of how I see Bogarts. As. It just make, makes me think, like, what if Cheater had left the Yankees? Like, how? Like, what? What would that have been like for Yankee fans? Where would they be at at this point? I said that to the guys in a text message, and we kind of got into it. <laughs> On I, I wasn't looking for that per se, but um, but we were robbed of that. We are robbed of every part of like I think what you're trying to say. Like, what would have it been like if Jeter would it have been like the happy ending like it was? Would it have been everything that you know the baseball fans are like, oh, Derek Jeter? Would we have gotten that? And I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think it. Not that he wouldn't get a monument in Monument Park, right? As a Yankee, he would, but it just would have ended differently. And I think that's going to happen with Xander. It's going to diminish what Xander has done for us as Mm -hmm. Red Sox fans. And that crazy stat that it's going to be more years with the Padres is still unbelievable to me. And the fact that this kid was what, 16, right? So so starting to get looked at with the Red Sox from Aruba. And it's like, we have known nothing, but either the hype or the amazement that Xander has given us. And to not give back to that is unbelievable. It just, it's unfathomable to me. Think about all like the hyped up prospects we've had in the, just in the past 10 years. Okay. We can go Henry Owens, Andrew Benintendi, Yon Mancada, like the list goes on and on about these guys that we hype up. I mean, I don't really count Brian Bayo because he kind of surged this year uh, opposed to like, Yomankad, number one, Michael Kopech, top 10, all this thing. How many of these guys pan out to actually live up to the expectations? It's Mookie Betts, it's Xander Bogarts, it's Rafael Devers in the past 10 years. And now, like Ben Intended, yeah, he was good, but he, to me, he didn't live up to the hype. Mankata no. and Kopech, they didn't live up to the hype that they had either. So it it's it's tough when you fall, one, falling in love with prospects is probably one of the, like, I, I don't I don't do it anymore because out of fear of they being traded or that they become bus. Ben and Tenny broke my heart with that one. And now you have to fear that, oh, the prospect comes up, oh, they flourish and it, oh, your team doesn't want to pay them. Come on. <sighs> like we can't win in baseball these days. My ultimate fear, and I've said this uh many times to these guys, but to you, Ed, is that Dustin Pedroia is the last Red Sox lifer. And that, that is what I'm really scared about. No one else is going to set Ma- sign Matt Barnes. So I think we're okay. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> the last all time. Great. Red Sox right. Life. Like, I get, right, I get like, what you're saying. Right. Like there and Poppy. Yeah. I played for the twins, but nobody really like, I understand that, but like Pedroia through the system, through right. and through boom. And, it's like saying Veritech played for the Mariners. He right, didn't. like, yeah, okay, no, big deal, right. whatever. It, it, that's my fear is like, oh, now they botched Mookie, they botched Xander, they botched John Lesser for crying out loud. Are they going to botch Devers too? That's my fear is that they botched Devers. We don't see anybody else do the Red yeah. Sox for 15 years. I know it, I know it's greedy because you don't even really see it throughout sports. Not just It's not just a Red Sox problem, but like, look what the Yankees did. Yeah, they got judged no. for his entire career. He for will ever be a Yankee. As fun as that five minutes was with Arson Judge, <laughs> that was great. He will forever be Yankees. Good on them for 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 doing it. What the fans want, and you know they they not only that it obviously makes them a better baseball team, but it just sucks that one you don't see it in sports that often in general, I guess, in baseball in particular. And now in Red Sox, like I'm scared that we won't see it again anytime soon. So there are two things that I want to say, and I don't know if it's going to qualm your fears or not. The first is just, what was John Heyman doing that weekend between the, <laughs> between Arson Judge and Coke Hamels? Like, was Coke he just Hamels. Having, yeah, Coke Hamels. Like, yeah. was, was he just having, like, was he just partying nonstop there and was just too fucked up to, like, bother to smell check or... I don't know. Like, is that just the autocorrect on his phone? Like, I what was I just want to know, like, the, 
Sean Heyman's weekend. That's all. That's, I'm curious. But, <laughs> Get a GoPro on him yeah. next time. Strap to him. <laughs> just figure out. What it would be a good. They could do that as like a reality show for like the MLB Network or something. Just follow John Heyman around for for a few hours a day. I don't. I don't know. But um, something that, that I do. Th- yeah, something watch. that I do think is kind of encouraging. Um, is when you look at some of the models that teams are following now with like the Braves the Rays, teams just signing guys very early in their tenure. Like, um, you know, we saw it with the Braves, with Michael Harris, with um, Wander Franco. You know, Ozzy Albers, Wander Franco with the Rays. I don't know and, if I can count the Braves. They have dirt on all their prospects, I'm convinced. That's, <laughs> that's just blackmail. That's a strider, yeah. yeah. exactly. Well, maybe they got to start getting up in their espionage game, the Red Sox, I don't know. But they did do it with Garrett Whitlock. They did. They did buy out his arbitration years. And I kind of think that it it seems to be the direction baseball's trending, that if you know you like the guy, you don't do this nickel and dime crap where you kind where you take them through arbitration. You buy out those years, you add a few of their prime years on it, you pick your guy and you go with it. And I could see that happening with Bayo if he continues to show promise as he did in the entire month of September. I could see that with Tristan Cassis if he manages to not get hurt for a few full seasons. Um, I think that that does seem to be the direction that things are trending, though. So I it'll be easier if they manage to – if you're signing a guy when he's 23 to an 11-year contract, it's a lot easier to extend him at the end of it than it is when he's just entering his prime years like Devers is. Right. It, it, the fear is, though, just like – of them not panning out in the way that you kind of hope they would be right. Like, and again, Michael Harris, I think he's a good player and he should, he should probably live up to that contract, but there's a chance. Like think about even Benintendi, if they had done that with him years ago, that would be again, not the most abominable thing possible, but like, that would be not a great contract. Um, in my opinion, again, we talked about before where we saw some reports that, Someone saying that Benintendi might get a hundred million on the market this year. So maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. That sounds insane to me though. Um, but if they had done a deal with him, I feel like we'd be pretty like, oh, this is it for the number well, one that, prospect yeah. in baseball and whatnot. Like, so th- I feel like that's that there is real risk there. But yeah, for those no doubt yeah. guys like Albies and Acuna, those contracts, insane yeah. value. I mean, think about the risk reward though, if they had if the Red Sox had done this, if um and you know, if say Dave Dombrowski signs Mookie Betts, Raffi Devers, and um, Xander Bogarts to these extensions. They're like two or three years into their contract. They're all set until their 30s. I think people here are pretty happy with that. Yeah, no, you're right. So I think that that's sort of the way the – it is high risk. You're not wrong about that, but the reward is really high also if you pull it off. Right. So if you sign those four guys like we just talked about, the Xander um... – Devers, Mookie, Benintendi, you hit on three of those. I think you yeah, live yeah. with with the one that's like, oh, he's just gonna hit 280 with eight homers. Okay, uh, play, play play no play like a solid defensive outfield with a noodle arm. All right, <laughs> I guess we I guess we can live with that if we have the other three MVP caliber players. This is funny. I'm not used to. I'm not really used to Benintendi. Uh, people being down on Benintendi. I'm. I've always been pretty ambivalent to him, but it's interesting because they're, you know, you talk to some people and it's like, oh man, why, why'd they trade him? Well, we're big fantasy baseball guys too. And he has, he's never been relevant in fantasy baseball for us. And uh, because it's mostly like, you know, a, a home run hitting league. So when you have a guy that's like just hitting 270, 280, even 290 on a good year, and hits 12 home runs. He just has no appeal for a bunch of Red Sox fans in a fantasy baseball league. I think that's part of it. Although his yeah. 2018 was awesome and his playoff run and everything, like he was great. I think we have a bad taste in our mouth. I'm maybe we as in the Red Sox fans that don't necessarily miss Benintendi because his 2019 was so mediocre. His 2020 was non-existent. And that's kind of the last we got of him. So I don't know. And then, of course, it's not his choice, but seeing the Yankee uniform kind of just like broke all ties for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if he, I thought he was for sure going to uh, Toronto after they, um, such they a didn't good fit get, for them. Yeah. They pivoted to Kiermaier, though, which was kind of, kind of weird. Made no sense to me. Like, you, tr- first of all, I think losing Teoscar for them is going to be bigger than a lot of people realize. 
And what if they needed a lefty bat, a lefty contact bat that plays outfield? Seems like a match made in heaven, honestly. Oh, yeah. He's going to be a great Mariner, by the way. I, I really Hey, Oscar, it. I oh, agree. Yeah. I agree. Imagine having the Red Sox outfield in it. Was it one year until he's agreed? That would be a good one. I wouldn't mind that. I kind of would like that. But I need Gilberto Jimenez right now. That's what I need. <laughs> All right. Do you have we only have a we only have a couple minutes left? Do you have uh small state big takes, right? We implore big takes here. Do you have uh with the rest of the offseason coming up or even just regarding Red Sox season next year, do you have a big take that you can lie on us? We also have to ask um, one more thing too. Yes, okay. oh, thank you, Gilly. I was just gonna text you. Very close. Okay, so my big take is that the 2023 Red Sox are going to be better than the 2022 Red Sox. I can get Good behind take. it. Great. Yeah, that's my big. That's my big take. I think you that you lose a star power, Xander, sexy name, but people don't forget like the bullpen has drastically improved in just. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Yeah, Oliver, not to interrupt you. Go ahead. All right, yeah, Ed. Ahead. This is something yeah. we ask every single guest, and we have two minutes, so this is your chance. Okay, let's do it. And I'm going to blindside you. Ready? Okay, let's go. Can you, can you, in order, give us your rankings of the New England states? Top to bottom, hate to love, one through five. We have Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, and Connecticut. Okay. Uh, Connecticut, five. Yes. Yes. Like, that's not even that's not right. even a hard one. Connecticut Six. five. Until, okay. I, until I was twenty, I thought Connecticut was a highway and no one actually lived there. So <laughs> it's pretty easy. Um, I think number number four is probably gonna be New Hampshire, uh, because I'm afraid of it. Um Valid. Live for number your three, Vermont, <laughs> number two, Massachusetts, number one, Maine. What wait, where's Rhode Island? Oh, I, I, Rhode Island's number three. 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 Oh, yeah. Rhode Island's number three. Okay. Right. Sorry. I can look May number one. Make interesting. May number that's one. awesome. Yeah, that's our, it's great. It's it's there for Maine. some reason. Yeah, I, I, think, I think that's the first time that's happened, right? I think that's a May, that could be a first timer for May number one. Congrats. So one of the certified psychos can tell us if that's happened or not. Yeah. I don't know. That's Listen, those I, are our listeners, by the way. <laughs> I mean, honestly, also, my uh my fiance has a main tattoo, so I think that if I didn't uh, say that, uh yeah. You might, you know, might be, there might be call. some problems. So, <laughs> all right, Ed, what is your Twitter? Where can people follow you in case uh, they don't already? You can follow me at EdHand89. Um, you can also find my, you can find my free agency tracker at EdBWritesAboutBaseballAtWordPress.com. I'm also on uh, at Pesky Report and at Baseball Isn't Boring. So, those are all my right. those are my spots. <laughs> awesome, Ed. Thanks for coming on. We'll be talking to you soon. Uh, thanks for Thank having you me. So much, Ed. Awesome. Nice. Really appreciate it. It. Hopefully having you on soon. Again. Yes, sir. Love to have you on again. You're the man. Yo. It's the one true host. And if this is your first time listening to this podcast, uh, Oliver is the main podcast guy here. He owns this podcast. Uh, however, I call myself the one true host because... I edit all these podcasts and therefore I feel like I can say that I like talking shit so here I am my name is Steve I hope you enjoyed our podcast today Uh, we love baseball we are obsessed we are absolutely crazy about the sport probably at unhealthy levels because at this age we probably should be giving it up especially because we don't have careers in baseball reporting But you know what? It's all about the passion for the game. And you know what? You will not find any more passion than what comes out of this podcast. We are fucking nut jobs. We, the certified psychopaths from South County, Rhode Island, will not be denied as the craziest Red Sox fans in the world. I don't care if you're from Mass. I don't care if you're from anywhere else in New England. The Rhode Islanders have you beat with crazy psychopath Red Sox fans. So with that being said, I want to give shout outs to my homies that I always give shout outs to. First and foremost, my brother, G Baby. Ultimate legend, G Baby. I love you, brother. Just like I love my brother, James Murphy. Riding around 
working, listening to this podcast. I hope you like the intro. Shout out to the band Lit. Okay. Shout out to my brother, Jake Ruth. Shout out to my brother, Lance Legier. Texting me, I hope you won big at the casino, Lance Legier. You are the man. And act like I forgot about Alex Fabio. Because I could never. Now, in hand, A-plus guest tonight. Cannot wait to have him on again. The man knows his shit. And it's great when you find someone that knows their shit. Most people that listen to this podcast know their shit. You know what I'm saying? We'll have a couple episodes left for the year coming up, man. We have to do our top 10 of music that's coming up soon. Our top 10 of video games. We got to review some more football. But in the meantime, we're still giving you that baseball content. We, got a couple, we have a couple more guests lined up for the... I don't know for the end of the year though. I don't know. This might be their last guest of the year. Shout out to Ed Hand, bro. We got a couple guests though lined up in the near future. So be on the lookout. Otherwise, that's about it. And with that being said, I want to emphatically say from the bottom of my heart to end this podcast. Repeat after me. Fuck. Mick Puff.